Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't no So, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, we got the Heat winning three out of their last four games as they continue to rise in the Eastern standings. The Panthers finally break the losing streak so your boy Soso can wear his shirt. And the Dolphins make some big moves, but it's unofficial. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Legs are sore than a mother, dog. Bro, I commend you. I com- I salute you and your wife, man. I appreciate that, dog. Proud, I mean, proud of you guys. I man. wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for her, both good and bad, right? But um, yeah, man, it was nice to complete the half marathon. It was nice to not die in the process of running the half marathon because that stuff can get intense, man. You know, you, you see people go down, people falling, catching cramps and shit. And uh, I just didn't want to get hurt. I wanted to finish the race without getting hurt. And uh, I was able to accomplish that. I'm hurt team, but I'm not hurt. Right. There's big a difference. difference. Big, big difference. difference there. Nah, but still, man, I commend you. I, I'm not a, if you know me, you know I'm not a runner. <laughs> I'm not really a runner. For, for sure. sure. A lot of people and, aren't. And, and when I am, when I have to run, it's in short distances. I'm not really running marathons or half marathons or anything. Yeah, man. So I commend you for that, man, because that's, you know, that's something that, you know, like you, you like you said, too, you know, we were talking about it before. You, you didn't put a whole bunch nah. of preparation or as much preparation into it as you would have liked to or the right. last one that you did. But it's still nice knowing that, you know, you can still accomplish something like that. For sure. For sure. As, as a as a person, right, you always want to push yourself and see, like, what are my limits, you know, and. Doing things like that is definitely a good way to find out what your limits are. You know what I mean? Because, you know, it's it's about competing with yourself. There's thousands and thousands of people running this stuff for all different motivations, right? So you got to kind of find it within yourself and say, what are, you, what am I trying to accomplish by doing this? And then going out to do it. You know, shout out to Logan, man. A kid I know from my girl's job, bro. This kid ran the whole marathon, dog. And he had trained really for the half, and then he like he didn't really train for it, but he wasn't able to push himself to that limit. You know what I mean? As a young kid to go out there and do that—that's impressive. Miles, man, twenty-six miles, man, ain't no joke. You know what I mean? So now his brain knows, like, yo, we can do shit like this. That's harder, you know. That's hard, and do other things that could possibly be harder. But to truth be told, like, I would have rather been doing what you were doing this weekend, which is playing golf, dog. I mean, I didn't golf on Sunday, but yes, <laughs> I, I did golf on Saturday, and that's always a. That's Where'd you play? You played at the home course, right? I played here at Country Club, bro. That's, the, that's a home course. <laughs> uh, yeah, it literally is. But like, I I don't play there often just because you know, yeah, it's not yeah, in yeah. great shape. No. But I had a conversation actually with the guy at the in the pro shop, and uh, I asked him. I was like, "Hey, man, I saw the the plans are or those official or whatever. What's going to happen?" And he didn't seem too optimistic. He was like, uh, "Like, I guess it's the funding. Like, the Got plans it. are already there, but now it's supposed to be like to go send it out to bid for mm. a contract, and then whatever the lowest bid is, what they're going to go with." Of course, like that's how all that government stuff works. But he wasn't too enthusiastic about the results, <laughs> you know. Like for the most part, like I didn't hear that in his voice. But I was like, man, I want to come back. I want to talk to you because you know I want to. I want to do some stuff here, you know. And I didn't really get into what I was doing. But true, uh, nah, man, it was Go a good weekend. Miami Golf Bros, Miami Golf Bros, right yeah, now. I followed that whole round. That was a good day. A lot of good feedback that day from that round. But I played good. So I raised this question, right? <laughs> when I'm playing good. When I'm when I'm feeling good mentally, right. does it lead to good play or does the good play 
lead to my mindset being right. I mean, bro, if if we're being honest, right, for somebody of your skill level, right, it's probably the latter, where your good play continues to have those good emotions, right? Because truth be told, and, and you can stop me if I'm lying, but it doesn't matter what day it is, where you're playing. When you're showing up to go play golf and the homies are there, you're instantly in a good mood, right? Like, you see the homies. Yeah, but with me, I'm a, I'm a head case. And that, I know you that mood can switch just like that. Easily, but mostly because of the play. Right. And that's so, so that's what I'm saying. Like if, if you playing well, then yeah, you're you yourself or somebody who's like of coach Sibs level, stuff like that. You're going to have a, a better time. Now, if you're at that level and you're not playing well, it's going to be harder for you to have a good time until you learn how to truly let go and say, you know what? Today is what it is. I ain't hitting no good shots. Well, I'm just going to have a good time. I, I, I think it's, you know, that, but then the pressure too, that comes with, yeah. you know, now, now recording more stuff on the, on, you know, for the channel and everything. And then I'm also, you know, I'm recording, so I'm directing and recording and producing and doing everything out there At that the comes with that. Time. And then I'm also talent, so I'm also in, in front of the camera, you know, kind of keeping it all together, making it all make sense. And then I'm also have the pressure of playing on my team and not only playing on my team, but sometimes having to fucking come through for my teammate who doesn't hit a good shot. So it's like, oh my God, like, yeah, you don't want to lose on too your much own. mounting. And then when I don't do what I want to do, exactly, that's when I get upset. Yeah, man. And, and, and that's like with any sport. You know what I mean? If you if you're a basketball player and that's what you enjoy to do and you and you like going out there and balling and having a good time. Yeah. When you play bad, it's going to be hard to have a good time. But I, I guarantee do. you when you show up to the gym. Right. And you see your friends and you see the guy who's not that good. And you see the other guy who you always block his three pointer. and You guys make fun of the, the way this guy dribbles. That's what's good as far as like why you enjoy the sport. You know, imagine how Kyle Lowry feels right now. <laughs> that guy cannot be enjoying his basketball right now in Miami because I, I, we've talked about it, but it's just weird to see it happening over and over, you know, where he's just struggling. And the good thing about it, honestly, is that his name is being thrown in trades. Yeah, but nobody which is crazy. wants him. <clears throat> like, no. It's like the, there's like rumors and then there nothing are is really teams developing. interested. There are teams interested, namely the Clippers, right? Because they need some point guard help. Um, but again, if they're calling Pat, what is Pat holding out for when it comes to Kyle Lowry? Does he want draft picks? Does he want a player in return? Are you looking for a small forward? Are you looking for a center? Somebody to take up Deadman's minutes? Or are you waiting for Yurt to come back, right? Yurt's event. We saw him practice a little while ago. We saw Duncan practice last week too. Um, so those are, those are the things that you're considering if you're, if you're the Heat right now or, or the Heat organization, but I don't know. Like you, you kind of have to go with whatever is the easiest for the trade to be made. And we, and for me, I've always felt like if we do have to lose on any trade, I'd rather lose on the Lowry trade because not having his money on the books is already a win for us. Not necessarily you go out there and, and get somebody of his uh, equal value, right? Or somebody that you're paying that much nah, money. But we, we can fill that gap if, if need be for the time being because he's frankly not doing anything for Absolutely us. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. But what I'm saying is like it, it allows you to keep the talent that you have that's cheap talent at an even cheaper level. You know what I mean? Because now you have more money to spread to those guys and be like, yo, don't go nowhere, Kane. Don't go nowhere, Hi Hayward. Don't go nowhere, Gabe. You know what I mean? Just stay right here on this cheap little contract. Keep living in Miami. We're, we're good. We'll get you some sponsorship deals or something like that off off the court that's probably a better way for the heat to get out of this Lowry trade 
I I highly, highly doubt that it's going to be an even swap for swap. Money makes sense. Obviously, the money has to make sense. But I, as far as give me one player that makes $30 million and I give you a player that makes $30 million. I don't think it's going to be that type of trade. No. You're going to have to lose out on this trade. Yeah. To get rid of them, you're going to have to take an L, a little, a little bit of an L. But Absolutely. We're not, you, we're not really taking L's these days right now. No, man. We've won three out of our last four games, six straight home wins. Um, and and one that you went to that was really exciting. Wild game. You know, that Boston game um, was, was impressive to see, man, because they kept their resolve. And while it was a real good win, I still felt like they're, they're a class ahead of us. You know, because these guys had three guys out. Jalen Brown didn't play that night. Um, there was somebody else who who missed. That's pretty important for them. Um, Smart, Marcus Smart didn't play. He had that has that injury, and then he had to give like full maximum effort, especially from Bam, right, and some important three pointers from Hayward in the corner to bring us back in the fourth, where we were down by ten points starting that fourth quarter. Celtics were thirty and 0, 30 and zero heading into the fourth quarter. With a lead of 10 points or more. And they, he were able to give them that first L off the strength of Bam's performance. Yeah, man. You know, that guy went bananas in that game and, and, and just showed why he is our best player. 30 points, 16 rebounds. Could have had a triple-double if he really, if other people would have knocked down shots in the beginning. But, again, it just shows you, like, the different levels between a team that's really competing for a championship and the Celtics and where the Heat are right now. It was a good measuring stick. A good win and a good measuring stick. Um, namely because we kept the streak rolling at home and that allowed us to win the next two games. Uh, uh, we beat the day we, we, before we recorded last week on Sunday, we had beat the Pelicans, got that win at home. Then we followed that up with the Boston win and then we followed that up with a win against Orlando. Which was kind of like a blowout game at first, but then Orlando got back into it. Which they always do, but you know, that's typical or Orlando. They're gonna compete with us in state little rivalry Bruh. there. But at the end of the day, they don't got nothing there. So that it, that yeah. game was a guarantee L. It had to have been. Like yeah. those are the games we have to win. Absolutely. And and especially when you get good performances from Jamie Butler, twenty nine points, you know what I mean? Where he was just shooting and making things at will, especially in the fourth quarter. He's just a clutch ass player for us, you know. Which, which is everybody's argument whenever I talk about Jimmy and his potential trade value, right, mm-hmm. towards the Heat. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, but he's the clutchest. Yeah, you and it's don't like, want to yeah. have his name thrown in there, you know? It's kind of like you blas- blasphemous. But it's like the reality, you know, is he's not getting any younger. And no. he, he's valuable now. And, you know, what can we get in return for that kind of deal? And, it, and I just said it, you know, how much closer are we to a championship right now than we were last year? Right. We're not. Right. We're not at that same pace, you know. We're very off. We're we're well off that pace from last year. Um, but it was nice to see them win that last game at home, make it six straight wins, get a, a three game streak going, right? And when you look back over the last couple of games, they've had two three game win streaks, which they hadn't been able to secure in the earlier part of the season, right? So in those last games, right, you got four seven wins versus three losses. That's a pretty good record for a Heat team that we knew had issues, right? Lowry, inconsistencies with injuries, but still saw sparks of greatness, mainly between Bam, Jimmy, and Hero. The one thing that has been consistent is the role players. 
the role players have done their job, right? Because their their job is not to go out there and, and shine. Their job is to go out there and do the best that they can with their minutes. And when you're looking at the, that group of guys, Hero, uh, not Hero, um, Strews, Vincent, Oladipo, Hayward, um, Highsmith, all of those guys, all of those guys, right? Even Caleb Martin, you got to throw him in there too. Yeah, he's been a little hurt, but yeah. When all of those guys, when, when that group is is maybe not clicking on all cylinders, they're still able to provide something, which has helped keep us at this level, right? Because what we needed is our main guys to be healthy. We needed Bam to be healthy. He's been healthy all season, thank God, knock on wood, right? Jimmy here and there, Hero thankfully hasn't really missed that much time. So that in itself is going to give us a better chance to win on any given night. Now, the issue is when you lose games like we did that Charlotte game on the road because you had a lead, you're up big in the game, and then you allow a team that's really not playing for nothing. That we've beat before this season already. We've beaten before, right? And, you know, we're trying, we're, we're on a three-game win streak and we're trying to get this road game, you know, this road trip started off on a good, on a good side which we needed because we've been struggling so much this year on the road, and then you go and lose a game like that, you know? Yeah, that was a that was a tough one right there. And it's just, it's just like, you said, like we're now we're starting a road trip, and that's just that that's not what you want to to start. You know, giving up the lead, losing to a team you should beat. You know, and it's like all right, now we just kind of ruin the streak. You know, because we let one get away with us. But what do you, what, I mean, was it defense? What, what, I didn't watch that game too much. It was a complete breakdown of defense. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm watching it like with one eye while I'm watching the playoffs on, on Sunday, right? But, sure. but still, it's like every fourth quarter that the Heat struggle, they end up losing. You know, they end up losing. And I, I think it just comes down to a certain level of effort, dog. Because... At some point, the stars are going to be the stars, right? Jimmy Butler played amazing that game. Bam could have played a little bit better. Didn't really shoot well that game. Missed three free throws, which is very unlikely. Um, but I just, again, sometimes you just need the effort, the calmness, right, of having veteran leadership on the floor and saying, yo, let's calm down. Let's win this game. Sure. Couldn't do that. We expected a guy like fucking Kyle Lowry to do that, be on the yeah, floor in those no. moments, and he's not. And for as good as Victor Oladipo is, for as good as Struce is, for as good as um, uh, Gabe Vincent has been playing this year, you need your main guys to have that veteran leadership or at least that experience, right? For sure. To step up. And those are the moments where it's like, yo, we really miss that. We really miss that. Um, but like I said, the good news is, is that the Heat really did play well. Offensively, we were clicking for a majority of the game. Going against another team that's like very high powered, and ultimately that loss doesn't really kill us when it comes to the standings. We're still in yeah. sixth, right? Yep. And we're creeping on Cleveland for that fifth spot, but and we we're playing Cleveland. Yeah, we we're playing them now, and then we're playing the Knicks. I mean, you talked about it on last week's show, but like this is a big, you know, conference standing road trip. Yes, yes. We're we're losing, winning games is almost like winning a double. You know, and losing a game is almost like losing, losing double. Too. Yeah, you know, yeah, true. Because it just helps you move up in the standings so much quicker when you can gain games on the against the guys who are in front of you and you're playing them. And every time you beat them, you're, you're just getting that much closer. And <clears throat> believe it or not, you're putting more pressure on the, on that team to go out there and perform, even when they're not playing you. 
you know, and, and make sure that they're not losing three, four games in a row because you know that you're going to be able to catch them and really run run them off the table. Now, the the weird thing is, is that this team was built to be an offensive team, right? And for all intents and purposes, it hasn't been. Right. It hasn't been. We thought that the the, the scoring was going to take a jump because we saw Hero take the, that place in the shooting, in the starting lineup. But, again, I hate to point them out, but with Kyle Lowry's lack of points, Victor Oladipo missing a huge portion of the beginning of the season, that caused a deficit in this team. Yeah. I don't think, and I don't think we're going to be able to, like, combat that moving mm. forward. Maybe, maybe, man. Because you know what, I think uh, I think we gotta. You know, we we haven't talked about this guy pretty much at all this <laughs> season. You know, whenever we talk heat, and it's somebody that we need to be talking about. You know, episode, every episode pretty much, and that's Coach Bo. And Coach Bo, you know, he's he's the 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 magic, you know, wonder, you know, the wonder kid, the one that's yeah. gonna, you know, work with what he has and get the most out of them. And I think that's what he's always gonna get from us. But now the question to your point is. What's the most that we can get out of certain individuals? Because if if the most we can get out of certain individuals is not enough to win us a championship, then we got to figure things out to let Coach Spo have more at, at you know at his disposal. Absolutely, and look, um, even potential trade targets are being moved around in pieces. Right, Turner got resigned in for two uh, in, years, in sixty mil. So now, if you trade for him, you're trading for a guy who's making thirty plus. Right, <clears throat> you're not going to be able to give up a Kyle Lowry for Evan Turner. It just doesn't work like that, right? That's not even a fair trade. The Heat really have to do a point, a, a good job in the second half of the season, right? Of saying, "All right, what's our ceiling?" There's obviously a ceiling. We're not we're not that team that we were last year, and and it's going to be really hard to find that spark if we haven't found it already. A trade isn't going to automatically do it. It could, right? Because intentionally, that's what trades are for, to give you that spark or to add that piece, right, that you could be missing. But we have to kind of like, I don't want to say like withhold our expectations, but we just have to be very realistic of how good this team is, who's playing on it, who's playing well, who's not playing well, and how far they can go. Like I said, that game against the the Celtics was a really good game for the Heat. Right. We came back, got that dub in the fourth quarter, amazing. But they were also shorthanded. We were damn near full strength. Yeah, and you then not. And then the NBA Finals in any playoff game is set up with seven games. You're not playing one game. Yeah, we can we can beat them in one game. We did right. that in the finals last year, right? You know, but and then they proceeded you, to kick you, our ass. Can you take over the entire series? And I think that's that was going to be my question to you. So talking about the ceiling, what do you think right now? As is this Heat team with what we got, what is our ceiling? What do you think it is? I honestly think that a top four spot is out of reach. We're not going to catch a Philadelphia. We're not going to catch a Milwaukee. We're not going to catch Brooklyn. Our best. Best positioning right now is that fifth seed. And hope, right, that KD continues to miss time into the playoffs, doesn't play that well. Maybe Kyrie gets traded, something. I don't know. Something like that has to happen. Ultimate, though. Ultimately, do you think no more than second round is NBA finals? Nah, second round. Second round. This team. Not even a conference championship. Nah, 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 not built the way it is right now. And again, you you, you said we don't talk enough about Spoke. Okay, let's talk about Spoke. How much more do you want him to pull out of this team? 
He's 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 showing you that he can make Bam a superstar because Bam is playing at a superstar level, right? Offensively, defensively, this dude is killing it. We see the emergence of Tyler Hero becoming not only comfortable with starting, but being more consistent with what he's giving as a starter. Jimmy is Jimmy. Boom, right? Most clutch player that we have. But then you look at the rest of the team, and that's where the inconsistencies are. He can't rely on Lowry. He can't really rely on Oladipo. He can't really rely on Gabe, Strews, Duncan, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Game in and game out, night in and night out. Not like that. Right. So if if you can't count on five guys, how do you get to the second round? If you could count on five guys, you can say, you know what? In the second half of every playoff game, these are my five. And you guys are going to play 24 minutes here straight, so get your rest whenever you can. But he can't do that right now. He has to find ways to manage the matchups, get at least some type of advantage on the court to help himself. And look, seven out of they've won seven out of their last ten games. Early in the season, we would not have said that. You and I could not have pictured that for the way this team was going. Not one way at all. Yeah. No, definitely. But then to again going back to it as far as putting it in perspective for the rest of the league. Yeah, we're seven and three, and that's great for us so far this season. We're, you know, hurry, right. hurry, we're we're doing good. But I'm looking around the league and you got the Bucks that are ahead of us, last ten games, seven and three. The Celtics, last ten games, seven and three. And all the way at the top right now, nine and one. Philadelphia, baby. Philly's been killing it these last I didn't and even realize that, that they, I mean, that guy's a problem. <laughs> we is. know we know he's a problem. So imagine us being the eighth seed or the six, seventh seed and having to face those guys in the second round. Yeah, it's not going to be good. Or even in the first round, it's not going to be good. No. So for the Heat to give themselves a shot, their best positioning is five. Got to get to five. Four, if if by some miracle happens that we catch extreme fire down the road. All I care about, honestly, is that they're playing attractive basketball. I will say mm-hmm. this. The Celtics, who are first in the conference last year, were like six or seven seed. Yes, and they made it all the way up. To they had a lot of injuries, second seed but they had they were, a lot they of injuries. Were, they were battling us for that one seed at the end of the season. Let's say right, and then, and they and they dealt with their injuries. So did we, but we came up better than them. And at, at the happen. end, make it happen. But at the end, we were even up until it came down to be clutch. Their clutch player made a shot. Our clutch player didn't make his shot. That's okay. Jimmy almost hit that three. Doesn't mean that this season would have been any better. That just would have changed how last season went. I don't think that that's happening against a Celtics team, against a Philadelphia team, against a Milwaukee team, you know? Okay. And look, you know what? He can prove me wrong. I hope they do. But like we said, those next three games, road trip, all within the conference, all within against games that the people that are in front of you, you got the Cleveland coming up, you got New York yeah, Knicks coming up. Cleveland tonight, by the time you're hearing this, 7 o'clock tip-off in Cleveland, obviously it's the road trip. Then they got the next day, or no, sorry, Thursday, uh, they got playing the, playing Knicks. the Knicks. Shout out to DJ Monopoly, the official DJ of the Knicks. And then Saturday, they're playing the Bucks. Yeah, man. Tough matchups. Tough matchups. Not not the easiest. I'll say that right now. I mean, these are the Cavs are one spot ahead of us in the in the playoff picture. The Knicks are one spot right behind us, and We're then even, the Bucks bro. are the Bucks are the third seed. We're all even. Obviously, the Bucks are a class ahead of us right now, but the Cleveland team they're just as good as we are, right? 
and, and that's Donovan Mitchell that we're going to be facing, a guy who could have been on the Heat, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to see how that works out mm-hmm. in that game. The Knicks, oh, that rivalry is slowly starting to build up because we're back on even terms, right? Where it's like, shit, I kind of do want to play the Knicks in the playoffs. That would be sweet, you know? I would love to be that, have our, be our first-round matchup. There's also been some ties between us and the Knicks as far as trade rumors as well. Correct. But we, we'll see, bro. We got to start off this. Uh, we got to bounce back on this road trip, beat the Cavs, and then we'll figure out the rest of the road trip. You At some point, you have to win games on the road. Yeah, you got a nice home record, but you have to win games on the road. And you have to be able to play at least 500 ball on the road. You know, you got to get this win against Cleveland. Yeah. You got to get this win against Cleveland. And then I would even go as far as saying you got to beat the Knicks, too. For sure. Make it back-to-back wins and then yep. and then let it ride against against Milwaukee and see what happens. You know, and, and we beat Milwaukee and had had close games against them, but we need to be in a good position to do that. We need to have good momentum. And winning two games back-to-back could be that momentum. Let's see. I don't know. Let's see. Um, but you know who has good momentum right now, bro? Um, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, they do. Dog. We'll get to that later. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, they do, man. But um, the Panthers, bro, they got they got a big win to break their losing streak, a three-game losing streak that they were on after winning, you know, four out of the last five games. They followed that up with a three-game losing streak against the Rangers, Penguins, and then they lost against Los Angeles in, uh, in regular time. And I don't know. It, it, it felt weird because people were excited. A lot of Panther, the hardcore Panther fans, they were super excited about how this team was starting to improve. People were writing that they had turned over a new leaf, that the coach has found a way to get something. But then you get three flat results in a row. You lose um, six to two. Then you fight all game, right, where you're ahead and they keep coming back. You're ahead. They keep coming back. And that was the game against Pittsburgh where you lose seven to six in overtime. And then you follow that up by going on the West Coast and coming back home and losing 4-3 to Los Angeles before beating um, Boston in overtime. And and all that means to me is like these guys are probably even just as inconsistent as the Miami Heat. Which is kind of frustrating because the Panthers really have a bunch of cool shit going on, right? We have we're hosting the All Star Game. They've dropped two new uniforms this year. Um, they've they've signed a, made a trade for a great player, Matthew Chuck, who's an All Star. Now they have Alexander Barkov, who was also named as an All Star for the Panthers. They got a bunch of stuff going for them, but for whatever reason, whatever's happening when it comes to the game, it's not working, you know, and. It's kind of getting to be a little bit old for me, man, because as as a guy who's a fringe like Panthers fan, I'm not trying to watch games where we're up three to one and then end up losing that game five to three. I'm going to turn that shit off, though. You know, I'm going to turn that shit off, to be honest, because like at least I know that last year the, the Panthers had a shot to win every game that they were in, especially in the third period. This year, we've only seen the Panthers come back to win one game. Or a handful of games, and that's a problem. That's a big problem, and 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 one of those games was that most recent game against Boston, right? Where we were down and we we were down three one, and we came back to win it four three in overtime. But again, those are games that last year or last season we saw these Panthers really go above and beyond and and get the most out of it. Now, don't get me wrong; a lot of it can be pointed to the fact that they're still without one of their two main goalies, right? They're playing with Alex Lyon, um, who's like their third or fourth string goalie. Uh, Big Bob is hurt. Um, Spencer Knight got sent to assignment, so he can work on some things. And 
you know, right now we we're, we don't have the most consistent, and he's still getting used to that NHL speed, knowing when to come out, how to protect the crease, um, certain passes, you know, what to look for, when to keep it in the glove, and he'll he'll learn those things. But twenty goals, the last four games. That's that but. <laughs> That's that but. You have to somewhat do your job and, and keep the opponent from scoring. We can talk about the defense in front of him all day, but at, at the end of the day, he's the one who's responsible. That's why I, I don't know hockey enough to be like, all right, you know, and you know, I don't and I don't watch right. uh, Panthers hockey enough as well to so like know like is it just you know the the goalkeeping or is it the, the you know the defenders you know like not spending enough time with the puck on our side of the ice and you know allowing them to 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 run more offense on us and just you know score more goals ultimately, but. I know based off the games that I have watched and I've been to, I mean, it looks like our defense is not just, you know, because I've seen high-scoring games on Big Bob and on Spencer and I on both right. of them this season. And that's not something that we've seen before either, you know, being you know in a position where you're letting up six, seven, eight goals. Yeah, for sure. And when you look at the – if you're looking at the stats, right, this team is already – between the three goalies, we've already given up 182 goals. Crazy. You mentioned that Alex has given up 23 goals. Just to keep that in check – um, Spencer Knight in the, in the amount of games that he's played, right? He's only given up fifty five goals, and this dude is already halfway there in like half the games. Yeah, you know, less than half the games. Obviously, goaltending is an issue, right? It's not playing well. Even if the defense in front is not playing well, you still have to make some type of saves. Mm. Giving up six goals in a game is not good. Five goals in a game is not good. You lose a game three to two. All right, they got you. Now you're losing a game six to two. Where's the effort? You know, where's the effort? And it's not like these guys are getting bombarded with a hundred shots a game, fifty shots a goal. Nah, it's not like that either for this Panthers team. Mm. So that again, just from from being at a good high where it's like, yo, the Panthers have done great. They won ten out of their last thirteen games, and they look like they're climbing back. And now to instantly drop right back into a three game losing streak. You know, including yeah. one at home, which is supposed to be your dominant space. Losing streaks suck, yo. Yeah, bro. It just makes it hard to watch if when you're the fan, right? Because, like, even if you're a hardcore Panthers fan, right, just like a hardcore Heat fan, that shit is frustrating. When you know that the team could have played better, should have played better, didn't, and now you have to watch that, right? Or worse, pay a ticket to go watch it in person right. and not get to enjoy your night or your ride home because uh, you're u- upset about the performance that was put on the on the floor. Which you had no control of. Which you have no re- control over. But shit, if you waste your money, you want to go see an entertaining product. product. Mm-hmm. Entertaining product at that. You know, tell me you win four to three. All right, cool. At home. Close game. I don't need you to beat everybody 3-0 or I don't need the heat blowing anybody out, but shit, man, make, make it entertaining. It make it entertaining. You know, make me want to watch you because if all you're doing is losing six out of your every 10 games, by that third set of games, I'm like, well, forget these guys. What's going on in golf? What's happening in freaking, you know, the Australian tournament down south, you know, whatever. Tennis, golf, anything. Anything. So you mentioned the All-Star game. When is that exactly? Oh, shit. You got me, dog. I think it's the middle of February. It's like in between the Super Bowl because I know that the NHL tries to capitalize on that scheduling. Actually, it's this weekend. Look at that. Right before. Look at that. In between the Super Bowl. Conference championship is over. NHL says, hey, let me get your attention for a quick weekend. Because we don't play again. We played this Saturday. We don't play again until Monday. Yeah. 
So we have the all-star break now, which, you know, all-star breaks are kind of like the midway point through the season. And, it's, and the Panthers are only two games above 500, 24 yep. and 22. They're in their division, the Atlantic division in the Eastern Conference. They are the fifth seed. Which is a shame because I really like my shirt, dog. Out of eight. That's fifth out of eight in that division. Yeah. Just, and then let me see. Here. It's a, it's a tough, tough road to that, to that playoff. Spot because that wild card spot they were right right within reach like literally right within reach and now they found they fall in what another three not even more than that bro like five points out of that dog come on Panthers come on man like I thought it was a lot closer than that this is just like unacceptable dog unacceptable unacceptable I might go to the All Star game is it that cheap no. <laughs> But there's you know hundred dollar tickets and such. That's we'll not bad. That's it. pretty cheap, bro, for an all star game. Yeah, that's not bad, bro. I mean, uh, how NBA, often does that all star game come to that Florida? part? <clears throat> that part, you know, that part. That um, part. Let's see, man. The only cool shit for the Panthers is that they're wearing the cool uniforms. You know, they got the Vamos Gatos jerseys. They got the the blue baby blue jerseys that that are really freaking fire. Um, so keep wearing them. And then I would like to see them bring back a throwback at some point, right? If we keep losing, at least entertain me with your jerseys and put them up for sale. And then that way your boy can keep rocking some Florida Panthers gear. But until they start winning, bro, I'm telling you, man, it's going to be hard for them to keep the fans that they, that they were able to earn, right? Because as we know, in South, in South Florida, we're a winner's town, dog. You got to be winning for us to really, really we're be invested. Fair, we're fair, fair weather fans. Now, I wouldn't say that we're fair weather, dog, because I'm not, we care not, about but we as care. a whole Miami, that's how Miami's looked at. No, 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 but they care. That's the difference. The, everybody cares. The difference is we're not going to show up and waste our time. You know what I mean? That That's definitely not happening. I guarantee you the, the Heat lose 10 games straight and all of those tickets are going to be 30% off, dog. You know what I mean? We're going to be able to go to a Heat game, sit in the lower bowl for 80 bucks, 75 bucks. Maybe. Yeah, there's no doubt, dog. You're going to see it. As, hopefully, we don't see it because they'll keep winning. But if they start to lose more games than, than win games, that's usually how it goes, bro. And, and you know what? Part of that is yeah being south florida but another part of that is just the options that we have here man there's there's plenty of things to do you know if i gave you the option joel hey you you yourself hey go play around the golf on saturday go to a heat game at two o'clock in the afternoon or go to a panthers game at four o'clock in the afternoon but both the panthers and the heat have lost six out of the last eight games what are you gonna do we'll go out to heat if you're sitting in the 400s is there uh, tickets free no you gotta pay for them? You gotta pay 45 bucks plus tax. I, got, I would rather go golf then. There you go, dog. There you go, dog. There you go. And that's just, and it's not because you're not hardcore heat. We we know that you I, are. I love the heat, but you're, I mean, you're gonna punish me in the 400, then I gotta pay for it? This is a horrible hypothetical. No, but that's the reality, <laughs> doggy. That's the reality that these guys are facing when it comes to that. You know, they have, if they don't win, those areas are where the hardcore fans usually are. They're not sitting in the hundreds. That much is obvious, especially when it comes to the heat. With the Panthers, too, we saw it. a majority of the fans were in the top bowl, you know, kind of the middle. That's where a majority of the hardcore fans, the season ticket holders are there. The guys who want to be close to the ice are like the, the guys coming in from out of town and stuff like that. But whatever, let's see, man. All-Star Weekend, cool break for the Panthers. Hopefully, they find their fucking balls and turn it up. Turn it around. Turn it up. Turn it up. Because if not, 
we might be turning it off. Yeah. That's a good point. Hey, it is what it is, dog. Yeah. It is what it is. Got to make something. Make yeah. something happen here. You got to make something happen. Now now that we're talking about make something happen, dog, you know, it's funny. I wanted to get your take on it because you sent a message to Mark and I this weekend, right? What you talking about, Willis? What you talking about, Willis? We saw a tweet where it was announced, right, that Vic Fangio, ex-defensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos. Ex-head coach. Ex-head coach as well. Has signed a three-year deal um, with the Miami Dolphins to be their defensive coordinator, have control over personnel on that side, have an insight on to, as far as draft picks, who, you know, if we're looking at certain targets, signing certain people in the offseason, who he keeps, who he leaves, who he gets rid of. Um, but then we see today that it's not officially official yet. What do you think? of the potential hire and why, you know, why would you say that, or just leave it at that. What is your specific thought behind that move? Hiring a guy with that type of notoriety. I like it. I I mean, I like it, you know, especially we're a win right now kind of team. True. You know, to go after a specialist like that. Yeah. He might not have been a great head coach, but as like, as a, as a specialist, as a defensive coordinator, that that's what he is. Like, you got to give the dude his flowers. You know he's one. Of, he's he's one of the best. And um, I think with the tools that he would step into as the Dolphins' defensive coordinator, he can make a lot more work. You know, out of that with you know his schemes and all that. Boyer, you were you were good, bro. I, I don't think you're you're a horrible defensive coordinator. I think you'll get a job down the road somewhere else. But I just don't think that you know you were the right defensive for- coordinator for us. No. I think Fangio could come in with the pieces like we have with Chubb, Wilkins. Uh, Jalen uh, Phillips, um, you know what I mean. All all of our edge rushers and stuff, and then our you know our Xavier Howard and all our DVs when they get healthy. Javon Holland, like he he can really go go to work with that with that team. My my whole thing is like a it shows that this dude is investing, right? Stephen Ross is not playing around. But there was also a lot of talk about why wasn't this hire made a year before? Because apparently Mike McDaniel wanted to bring him on um, last year to be or for this past season to be the defensive coordinator Mm. for whatever reason they stuck with Boyer and they didn't really like you know uh, pursue that let's just say right but now that you go ahead and get him which is great but it in my mind it also kind of creates a little bit of a shadow over Mike McDaniel right because this dude has head coaching experience if Mike McDaniel were to fail we have an in-house replacement Worst case scenario. Sure. Right? And the fact that he's going to be the highest paid coordinator, period, offense or defense, kind of gives him a little bit of power too, right? Because I'm not cheap. I'm out here to make decisions. My voice counts. And that's why I was brought here. And technically, I have way more experience than this kid who's going to be the head coach. Yep. The the only thing that makes it super positive for me, right, besides all his accolades, is the fact that him and McDaniel do have some type of relationship, right, where they kind of have that familiar background, Shanahan tree, and all that stuff. Right. Maybe not have worked directly together, but still, there's some type of familiarity. They cut from the same cloth. Right. And, and that may be easier to work with, you know, if you have that gap in age, right, because one is much older than the other. 
I don't think it's going to be an issue, man, because he, Mike McDaniel wouldn't be head coach right now if, if anything True. like that would potentially be an issue, to be honest, because he's, you know, been able, he's young, he's really young, he, he had a good year, you know, this year, you know, somewhat, you know, it was a winning record, it wasn't a losing record, he went to the playoffs, when it's all said and done, it's like, first year head coach, making it to the playoffs, that's what people are right. going to remember, really, they're not going to remember that we lost five games in a row. You know, or three games in a row or whatever. We barely made the playoffs. I can remember first year a coach made it to the playoffs. True. And now it's up to him, you know, next year. He's here for offense, you know. And, and you can already see how, how they worked, you know, last year on the sidelines, you know. Like, as far as, like, the head coach, you have the control. You have the sticks, you know. But as far as having your coordinators, you're going to have trust in those guys to do their job. Offense, he's got, the, he's got that on lock and the flow of the game. Now he needs somebody he can trust in a defensive coordinator that is going to get those stops that we need, that's going to make sure that we get the ball, get us turnovers, et cetera. Yeah. And I think Fangio would fit that. But now the reports are coming out that Fangio is saying that the Dolphins are the ones confirming that, but he himself has not agreed to anything just right. yet, so a deal's not completely done. Which is kind of weird, right? Just the most Miami Dolphins-type shit ever. Go and announce that we're, or, or you know, Release to the press or, you know, leak it out, whatever, that you're signing this guy when nothing has been set in stone. Um, and I found the timing to be a little bit weird. It really came out of left field, right? We knew that he was going to be in the building um, last week. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday to sit down with Ross and, and the rest of the organization and Mike McDaniels to kind of talk about the job and whatnot. And then we see the report come out and then we see another report come out. Just find it strange with all the timing right of everything being announced now if he wants to make money obviously you know he can make money here and obviously ross knows that he'll fully back him when it comes to decisions being made and i think mike mcdaniel also does a good job of saying this is not my expertise i'm not gonna mess with this because we saw it with Boyer, right? He never, he could have had plenty of opportunities to overstep Boyer and say, yo, I'm taking over or this guy's going to do this and now we're going to, he didn't. He let Boyer handle everything from the beginning to the end of the season. So he definitely has trust in that position. And I just think that while Fangio would add a lot to this team, a lot, especially to his defense, it would, it would, he would be incredible. I, I'm, I still believe that it does cast a little bit of a shadow over Mike McDaniels to say, like, if, if it doesn't work out, big dog, I got somebody well, else here. We'll see if that if that even happens, because like you talked about, you know, his ties to the Shanahan family tree. Yep. Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco after losing this week to the Eagles. He's going to have a vacancy in defensive coordinator. Well, we don't know if Demico, he's going to take that job. Domingo Ryan's is out. He's not going to be in San Fran next year. So then that leaves a guy like Vic Fangio who's going, you know what? I, let me make sure I know what's going on exactly with that job. Yeah. If, if he's coming back or if there's going to be a vacancy or, you know, that way I can step in there instead of, you know, coming to coach for the Dolphins. Because, you know, McDaniel, you're good, you're good kid. You got a good team. But I would much go, you know, much rather go be defensive coordinator for San Fran, who he's been a defensive coordinator of in the past. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. And... Like you said, nothing's yet to have happened, right? As far as who's gotten jobs for here or there. And until it uh, it's official that he signs on it, I don't want to speculate any more than we already did, you know? We put out that post um, because the reports came out and it'd be nice to see if it actually does happen and come through because we know that the Dolphins definitely need an upgrade in that capacity defensive coordinator is going to be huge we have the weapons we just need to use them the right way Correct. in order to give ourselves a better shot at winning football games you know what i Facts. mean 
Um, you know what? We got time. Let's let's show some love to the Marlins real quick, Doc. Appreciate it, man. I did wear my Marlins hat, even though it's not on camera at this point in the show. Maybe yeah. it is. I don't even know anymore. I can't even. That one's on. I can't even tell. You can turn around and show it to this one if you want. I got it on. Oh god, oh, there I forgot it is. The Look at that. See, Look this at is that. Why I don't even bother. <laughs> Um, yeah, now it's off. But look, the Marlins have made some moves, man. Um, they've, they've really made some moves. They, well, let's start with with this, right? We, we signed. Well, let's start at the top where I wanted to talk about the Marlins. Go ahead. Shout out to Jazz Chisholm. Yes. Getting the cover of MLB Shout the out show, to Jazz, dog. Our favorite not, player on the show. It's dog. not really re- related to the game, like the direct game and what's going on with the Marlins, but like. Huge shout out for, you know, a Marlins player to get the cover of a video game, like a baseball yeah. video game. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's that speaks volumes of jazz. And then also, like, that's good. Anything that's positive about that is going to be positive for the Marlins. Right? Hell yeah. So I mean, it's a a, win-win. A, in order to get on the cover, you have to be a stud of a baseball player. Correct. Which he qualifies in all aspects of baseball, right? And then you also have some type of, you have also have to have some type of personality. And we've seen that that he checks that box in a major way, dog, right? Always representing his island, the Bahamas, always, you know, showing out when he's playing baseball, having fun, Flashy. flashy with his gear, cleats, all of that. That man checks all of those boxes. So, yeah, it was really dope to see him get awarded with that cover, dog. And even the cover looks dope, and it's, like, really fucking it Miami, does. dog. It, it, look, it looks really cool. Really Miami. a really good job with this. So, shout out to him. We just saw that came out today, so I just wanted to shout him out. But now we can talk moves. Other, other moves we've been making. Yeah, well, look, the, one of the biggest moves, in my opinion, is signing um, infielder John Segura. Uh an amazing baseball player, right? I believe he was one MVP before in like a playoff position. A, a guy who's know what it takes to win, can bat really well, which is obviously a need for the Marlins. Um, but we've seen these moves come before, work out for a little bit, and then not necessarily last the the time that it should. But I feel like a, a move like Segura is, is something that's going to last for a while because we did get rid of Maggie. We did get rid of Jose, uh, George Aguilar. So there, there's definitely room in the, in the team for more bats. Um, we also signed, we also traded Pablo Lopez and that shit hurt well, hold me. Hold on, hold on. Before that we, shit hurt me, dog. Before we go on uh, to Pablo, um, talking about Segura. So I was talking to Omar, who's a big Phillies fan. Shout out to Shout Omar. out to Omar. And, you know, he, he was telling me, he's like, man, he's going to be your most consistent bat next year. True. But, but not our best bat. Not our best bat, but also he's 32. Yeah. You know, so the, the Martins going and getting a guy like that. I didn't know how I felt as far as, you know, what we're trying to do here right now. You know, is that a guy that's going to be here for the next three to four years to help the next phase of this franchise, you know, like be the kickstart? Right. Or is he going to be one or one and done kind of deal? I think that I don't think he's going to be a one and done type deal. I think that if anything, Segura shows that they're looking to compete within two years, three years, because he's still in his prime. Right. 32 doesn't make you old man, especially in baseball. It just makes you experience and you're probably starting to come into that peak of your prime. Right. Um, or at that peak where you're starting to come down. So he still has another two, three years left of being a, like you, like Omar said, a really good baseball hater. Right. Uh, where he's not necessarily going to hit for power all the time, <clears throat> but he's going to be able to move, hit good, uh, make good contact, move base runners, hit the ball into the gaps, um, you know, push runs in. Those are things that are productive when it comes to to a baseball team, especially like the Marlins, because we have to generate runs. We have to have guys on base for somebody to hit a double and us to utilize our speed on, on the base path and, and, and bring home guys that way. We don't necessarily have 
30, 40 home run guys in this lineup. And I don't think Segura is going to be that guy for us. Sure. If he can be consistent, 20-plus homers with 80 RBIs, 90 RBIs, I'll take that. You know what I mean? I don't need the super big home runs. Jazz last year was leading our team in home runs for a hot minute. You know what I yeah. mean? So yeah. I don't think that he's going to be that type of player. But okay. having his experience, his leadership. We need it right now. We need that. especially. And like I said, he hits for average. He hits for percentage. He hits to be on base. That guy's going to be able to hit in order to produce. Not necessarily hit home runs, but he can come and and when a guy like Jazz is on first, he can take him to third. And if that ball's in the gap, Jazz is coming home. You know, and we need somebody to help with that. I like that. Which is why we traded Pablo. You know, we went and traded Pablo to the, I think to the, to the A's, was it? No, nah, it wasn't to the A's. Um, but we sent, uh, but we got back an infielder. When I talk to my homeboy, Joe's twins to the twins, we got back an infielder in that trade. When I talk to my homeboy, Joe's, he always tells me Martin's always in prime positions when it comes to infielders. So much so that the kid that we got back is already going to play second base. Segura's going to play, I think, short or third. Or third and they, that they already have somebody in for, <clears throat> for source for a shortstop that's going to put jazz, jazz going to be center. go to outfield. So, again, back to Jazz being our best player and our best hitter and our best everything, you know. When you can play center field, that's probably less wear and tear on his knees because he's not sliding everywhere. That particular center field at home is not necessarily huge where he has to roam a bunch of space. He's going to be able to use his speed, run out there, catch a lot of fly balls. He has a really strong arm, so him throwing in is not going to be an issue. It's going to be interesting, to say the least how the Marlins figure this out, right? K-Mang is making all these moves, right? Coming off of another owner, uh, GM, that was prone to making moves and having them not work out. If this type of switcheroo works out, then she's going to get all the credit because she's the one who had that vision to say, let me trade my second best pitcher in Pablo Lopez and get an infielder prospect and a guy that I can plug in right now and still move my all-star into a prime position where he can help everybody out. What's the kid's name? Ah, uh, shit, man. You got me with that one, dog. Damn, dog. Is that, bro, he's, it, this kid is just coming up. Man. I can check my text, but I don't want to change the phone. But you said they were, they were talking but, about starting him already. Yeah, because, again, he's a prospect. And a lot of hot names, uh, everybody who has talked to me that's a baseball guy about this guy has been a beast. But... I got to see it. You know, that's how much that the Marlins have done this move before that it doesn't necessarily pan out until the name becomes a name. Right. Uh, but an important piece that they did pick up was Johnny Cueto. Um, you get a, you get rid of a pitcher like Pablo Lopez. You pick up another normal starting pitcher. Uh, Cueto's not great by any standards, but this guy's an innings eater. He can definitely start games and he's more of a... Uh, a journeyman than anything at this point, but he's a guy you can rely on, right? He's not going to miss a lot of games. And when he does play, you know where you're getting from him. When he's on, he's on fire. When he's not, you got to play good defense behind him. But I like that. I like that. Uh, Luis Araz, that's that kid's name. I'm L- sure. Luis Araez. I'm sure I'm butchering that last name. Jose Salas. He's good too, but because I'm reading an article here and it says that we got Luis Araez and then we also got. I don't know that Salas kid. You, we're gonna have to talk to. Oh no, we 
We gave up Salas, but he was. No, we one, gave up Salas, right? Yes. But that's but we got Arias in the return. Back to it, which is how the Martins are always good when it comes to prospects. But inside the infield, we always have a bunch of shortstops. We always have a bunch of second basemen. Jazz was originally a shortstop when he came up in the Marlins. Then he got his big break in second base, and now. By sheer need, we're going to put that guy in center field to not spend money on that position, right? Because his bat is just as good as any other center fielder that's out there in the game that's not a power hitter, which there are very few of uh, that play center field like that. Right. But yeah, the Marlins have made moves. And again, it points to Kim Ang not being passive, trying to make something happen in order to see if she can make this team competitive. Not necessarily playoff bound, but be competitive because there's no way you waste a, a Cy Young pitcher like Sandy, right? And not invest in the team in somehow, some way. At least even if it's defensively to put better, you know, gloves behind him whenever he's pitching or Cueto's pitching or even a Trevor Rogers is pitching, right? Where we need him and Sixto and all these guys to actually step up and pitch games for us mm-hmm. and win games if if they can, Right. You need to put better defensive players out there. And again, that infield looks super solid with Seguro at third. That kid Lewis in playing second playing base. Second base. And then Jazz being in center field. I just feel it makes us better defensively for sure. Right. Because those key areas are covered with really good gloves. Can it turn into wins? I don't know. What um, about bats though, man? We need a big bat. Oh, that was that was part of my argument. You know, what what type of bat will we were will we get for a trade? And we ended up trading Pablo for an infielder that doesn't really have that pop. He's not a 40 home run guy. Could be maybe in the future, but he's not right now. And that was, I thought, my our best chip in order to get a bat. And if that's, if, if that's what he's bringing us, then I don't see us making a big move for a bat. You know, invest in the pitching. That's kind of why I didn't want to trade Pablo. Like, invest in the pitching. Give Sandy more help in that second, third, and fourth rotation spot where he can not necessarily feel the pressure of having to go nine innings, eight innings in, in order to get a dub. Invest in the middle reliever. Invest in a closer, right? To say, yo, if we can get it to a one-run game, we're good from the seventh on. As opposed to saying, Konya, can Sandy make it to eight? Yo, check if you can push it. Same thing with Pablo. Hey, see if you can push it to eight to see seven to see if we can get this win. And and other than them two guys, a lot of the guys that we saw that we saw start pitch uh, games for the Marlins, those guys were averaging five, five and a half, five and a third. That's that's not enough, Doug. That's not enough, you yeah. know. And and look, I, I said a couple of names: Trevor Rogers, Sixto, um, the other first round pick from two years ago. There's a bunch of talent in that Marlins pitching stable, quote unquote. But somebody's gonna have to step up and show out, Doug. There's plenty of opportunity here. There's plenty of games to be played, plenty of innings to to be taken care of. Who's going to step up and actually take some of those innings and actually do something with it? I know what I'm getting with Sandy. I know what I'm getting with Cueto. I know what I'm getting with those two guys. I need everybody else to show me something. If T-Raw's going to be that guy that we saw two years ago, be that guy. If Sixto is going to finally come out of his shell and be the prime pitcher that we were supposed to have, then be that guy because you're getting the opportunity. If they don't, then start the fire. So start getting rid of pitchers, bring up kids, bring up the 19 year olds, bring up the 20 year olds. Let's get rid of these guys from four or five years ago that we've been waiting to turn the page on or to make some noise and let's get something for them while we can. Yep. That's, that's what it takes. 
But yeah, man, we'll 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 see how it looks more getting into spring training. You know, March is right around the corner. Um, that's usually when baseball season starts to kick off, right? Football's about to be done. Um, basketball's rearing into the playoffs. Um, we're at the halfway point for the NHL, and uh, it's a lot to look forward to, man. It's a lot to look forward to, including some live events on the CW. Bro, they posted that that trailer. That shit was fire. It was a good trailer. It was fire. It was a good hype video. I'm I'm excited. They're gonna Hell be doing. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna do an event in Orlando, and they're doing. That. I don't know if this is gonna be the championship again like they did last year, but they're definitely doing Doral again. Nice. So I'll definitely be at Doral. Might even make a trip to Orlando. I see, dog. You know we can take sports with so-so slash Miami Golf Bros on the road, dog. We're well equipped all day. We're well equipped, baby. All day, all day, man. Let's <laughs> wrap this thing up, dog. Before we get stupid out here, dog. Um, shout out to everybody for joining us today. Thank you so much for listening. For listening, if you haven't already, and listening too. Yeah, that too. If you haven't already, make sure to head to our YouTube page. Hit that subscribe button. Sports with Soso, Miami Golf Bros. We're bringing you that content that you love to see. So drop a like, hit a like, drop a comment. Let us know what you think. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell one more friend to tell them not to forget to tell another friend to tell another friend and their cousin and their mom and the primo who just got here yesterday about this amazing podcast. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Peace.